This episode of Reverend Babel is made in memorial of Luke Ratliff. Known to some as Fluff, Luke, a fellow native of Wadesboro, passed away last Friday, April 2nd. Luke was a senior at the University of Alabama and a leader of the Crimson Chaos, Alabama's student section. He lived life to the fullest, was a pal to everyone, and was known for rocking his plaid sport coat and hard hat at all Alabama basketball games. If you didn't know Luke personally, I'm sure he still left a positive impact on you if you followed him on social media or saw his mother Pam sharing pictures of him in the crowd on Facebook. There will never be another Luke Ratliff. And now his joyful, charismatic soul is with Christ for eternity. Rest in peace, Luke. Roll Tide. What is going on, people of the interwebs? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 12, otherwise known as Episode Number 37 of the Reverend Babble Podcast. This is Cody Kelly. Hey, 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 it's Mr. Neil Huntley. Oh, wow, you're Mr. Neil well, Huntley I am, today. I'm a grown man and a father and a husband, so I figured there's well, a Mr. somewhere in there, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> true there, that's for sure. But anyway, welcome back to another episode of Reverend Babble. So, man, it's actually been a week since we've last seen each other in person. It like, has. You know, because the last time we saw each other in person was whenever we were doing the last episode of the podcast, you know, just because a lot of different things went on this past week. So let's just kind of see how things have been this past week. Yeah, man. How you doing? What's what's new with you, dude? Uh, Well, let's see. I, uh, well, I obviously had Easter, as did, you know, like everybody else this past weekend. So I was obviously a lot of fun, you know, being able to hang out with the family for lunch and, you know, do some things with that. We were able to hang out with each other, you know, for the first time in a while, you know, cause it's basically how it works with my families. You know, we don't really see each other too often as far as like, you know, like really big family gatherings, yeah. you know, like other than like on, you know, Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, like all the big stuff, you know, so it was obviously nice, you know, being able to see them and talk to them, you know, so that was obviously pretty cool. But I also did some work this uh, this past weekend for Easter with the lift services. See, what happened was is that I originally wasn't going to do like services for the lift just because you know it wasn't on my original like on your schedule on my plan, right? Yeah. But what happened was is that there was like two people that were going to be out of town that weekend because they already made plans in advance to go out of town for Easter. So then once I did the services for last week. Or the week before Easter weekend, I got a text from the weed guy in charge of all of the in charge of the live online stuff like that. And basically, what he asked me is, "Okay, there's gonna be a couple people that won't be here for Easter. Would you be willing to do it for the weekend?" And then I said yes, you know, because I really didn't have an excuse not to. And plus, I just want to get you know that much more experience too. You know, so we actually had a service on Saturday night and two on Sunday morning. So we had a little bit more than we usually did, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, sounds busy. Oh, sure, man. It definitely was extremely busy, but it was a lot of, of fun. I got to obviously talk to the, you know, the other camper people and, you know, we just kind of took it all in and we kind of went a little bit more all out for Easter as far as our online presentation and all that goes, Yeah, you know, just because it was Easter, you know, so that was fun, you know, kind of changing the pace of what we would normally do. And, you know, and plus obviously it's Easter, you know, it's the reason why we're still talking about Jesus even now, you know, because he obviously, you know, came to earth as a baby, but he died on the cross and rose again. And because of that, we're able to go to heaven and and talk about all this stuff that we're talking about on the podcast, you know, so that was obviously really cool to be involved with that this weekend. And I really enjoyed that. 
but really, other than that, I was able to watch opening weekend for baseball, which for some reason I didn't mention baseball last week, and <laughs> yeah. you let me know, and you were like, well, why didn't you mention baseball last week? And I, to be honest, I don't have an excuse for it. I'm just a terrible baseball fan and <laughs> forgot for some reason. So that's on me. But I did get to watch some baseball this past weekend. Unfortunately, I did not get to see my Red Sox win a game until Monday. So, But at least the Red Sox got a win, so I'm definitely happy about that. I'm not going to mention the other team that didn't get a win. Well, I was going to save us for sports, but if you want to just go ahead and get into this, we will. <laughs> I, I, I'll know. I mean, like, this is the intro portion of the show, so we'll just leave it for good vibes right now. And Well, you, you've already talked about what you did in well, church and sports, so we could just hit the stop button and, and publish this right now if you want to. All right, man. Sounds good. <laughs> But obviously, I really enjoy getting to watch baseball this weekend, you know, because really it feels like this is like the first season in two years. I mean, obviously, yeah. we had a season last year, but it just didn't feel quite the same because it was shortened and it just felt kind of rushed to get the season started anyway, you know, because of all the stuff we talked about this past summer about the, you know, just both sides getting to an agreement to have a season. Right. You know, you know, but now just getting to see a full-blown season back in swing just kind of gets you back in that baseball mood. So that was really nice. But that pretty much kind of sums up everything I've been been through this past week man so how about you well yeah we just, just kind of like you had a busy easter weekend but it was fun man you know, we had uh friday was just to uh, me and amber and we went uh, up to charlotte to uh to eat lunch we went up to uh, mccormick and smicks just to have a, a okay. nice a nice lunch it's a seafood place in uptown charlotte that's cool i went by the nascar hall of fame but in their store we didn't go into the actual hall of fame just because we didn't, I mean, have the time or I really didn't want to spend 40 bucks a piece for just me and Amber to go in there. Right, <laughs> So right. we just went in the store. Oh, yeah. Um, I got a couple of die cast and bought a 2311 racing shirt, you know, the Michael Jordan and uh -huh. Danny Hamlin uh, team. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, so Friday was, was pretty chill. And then uh, just kind of played Saturday, had a good time. And um, on Sunday, uh, we had the sunrise service. And then they had a cantata in church, and I got to do the invitation part, which was really cool. Oh. And it was an honor to do. I enjoyed that a bunch. That's really cool, And man. then we went down to Wadesboro and had lunch with Mom and Dad and just enjoyed the afternoon with them. So it was a solid a solid Easter weekend, man. It was, it was really good. Yeah, well, that's uh sounds like a pretty awesome one, man, for sure. You know, you, you got to kind of do a little bit of relaxing and chilling, and then you got to celebrate Easter with the church and the family. That's right, and we had leftovers cool. for days. So, like, I had some, uh, I had some ham at lunch today too from Sunday. Oh yeah, man. but it was a really good weekend, and That's awesome. you know, it, it's uh, it always just makes you appreciate, uh, you know, learning. You hear about it all the time about what, what Jesus did for you on the cross, but actually going to the service and listening to Scripture and and you know, getting the full understanding of what happened, you know, that what transpired on those few days, right, years and years ago gives you such more deeper of appreciation of your faith besides i just believe in jesus well why well now you know why you know oh yeah so, absolutely so it's uh it's it's just it's it's a good good reminder and it's well 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 worth celebrating and we should you know celebrate it every sunday honestly right so, but yeah so it was it was a really good weekend man well that sounds like it was a pretty awesome weekend for sure man you know, and like that's obviously true. And like it always seems that around Easter time, that perspective is obviously amplified more. Sure. You know, but it's like you said, you know, having that perspective more often kind of makes our faith seem more real yeah. at times, you know, instead of it just being once, you know, once a year. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool deal, man. Well, we got a good show lined up. We got a double play Devo coming up that I've got for us this week. And then we got some sports. All right, man. Let's do it.
All right, and we're back. Welcome to this week's Double Play Devo. And for this week's Devo, it will be Neil presenting it. And from what you told me, it's basically a combination of of kind of what you mentioned at the beginning of the show for your friend and huge Alabama sports fan, Luke Ratliff. It's kind of a combination of that, plus kind of what you gave an invitation on Sunday at the sunrise service at the church. You just said it's kind of a little bit of a combination of that? Yes, a little bit of a mashup. I first wanted to share, you know, about the same the same scripture that I read uh, Sunday morning at church. Um, they, you know, they asked me to be part of the invitation part and just have some scripture to read and a few talking points. And, okay. you know, I, I was really honored to do that. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we had some people come up and pray. We didn't have anybody, you know, come to salvation that day. But you don't do that just, you know, to, to get numbers. It ain't a stat thing, you mm-hmm. know. You just open the altar up to people. And you know, the altar is always open. But that's times really just for right. coming to the altar and had, had a couple of people come pray with me and come pray with Pastor Barry. So, it's, you know, it's encouraging to do that. And oh, yeah. Even if nobody came up there, it was still an honor to do that and an honor to be asked that I was very humbled in doing that but you know it's so easy to you know say the same thing we talk about every year at Easter you know yeah and I wanted to kind of switch it up but keep it in that theme so first I'll talk about that and then I just have a few scripture to to read about you know when it comes to sudden loss and things like that all right um so but first let's let's talk about uh let's talk about this scripture that's in um ironically in the book of Luke how about that Luke hey, um so I, and I, I you know I, I got chills about that Sunday morning when I was reading that over again um, so, but let me ask you this first, Cody. Okay. So when you hear, when you hear the name Brabus, what's, okay. what word are some words that come to your head? C- criminal, a extremely bad dude. Yeah. I guess, you know, to put it in more modern terms, yeah. you know, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, just a really bad dude. Um, uh, off the hook. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, like kind of got off the hook. You know, just based off, you know, the background of the story and everything. Sure. So he's one of the guys I'm going to mention in the scripture. Another okay. guy, his name is Simon, but we'll get him in just a minute. Okay. okay. Um, but we're in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 23, starting in verse 13. Just read along with me if you got your Bible. If not, uh, just listen to my somewhat decent voice on this <laughs> microphone. Starting in verse 13. Then Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, said to them, You have brought this man, Jesus, to me as one who misleads the people. And indeed, having examined him in your presence, I have found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. No, neither did Herod, for I sent you back to him. And indeed, nothing deserving of death has been done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him, for it was necessary for him to release one of them at the feast during Passover. We uh-huh. talked about that. Um, verse 18, And they all cried out at once, saying, Away with this man, and release to us Barabbas, who had been thrown into prison for a certain rebellion made in the city and for murder. Okay? Just yeah. keep that in your mind. Pilate, therefore wishing to release Jesus again, called out to them, But they shouted again, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! Then he said to them, that being Pilate, he said to them the third time, Why, what evil has he, Jesus, done? I have found no reason for death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. So he's repeated himself. He's saying, in case you didn't hear me, I don't see what he did wrong. Uh I'll punish him for some things, but I'm not going to To, kill him. Right. And I'm going to let him go after that. But they were insistent, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. And the voices of these men and of the chief priests prevailed. 
So Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they requested. And he released to them the one they requested, that's Barabbas, right. who, who for rebellion and for murder had been thrown into prison. But he delivered Jesus to their will. A few more verses, then we'll be done reading. Now, as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. So we got two people two people in this um, scripture that I want to talk about, that being Barabbas and Simon. All right. So we know what's going around, going on around this story. we got Jesus up there, you know, basically standing on trial, okay? Right. And you got him and you got Barabbas standing on stage. You got Barabbas probably in shackles. You said he was a, you know, rough-looking dude. Yeah. A criminal, things like that, which you described him perfectly. He was a rebel. He was a murderer. People knew that he had killed people, okay? Right. So you got him, and you got Jesus up here. Pilate saying, I found no fault in Jesus. In Jesus, right. This guy over here is a convicted and known murderer. Like, we have proof that he killed people. Right. But you want him... But you want him Jesus. over Jesus, okay. right? So they say, yeah, give us Barabbas. So he lets Barabbas go because that's what he does at Passover, you know, because Pilate's over there and the Roman authority. And to respect the Pharisees' wishes of during Passover, the Hebrew tradition, you know, which, you know, back then they were really big on traditions, which Jesus said kind of be, be weary of, right? right? So they let a prisoner go and say, and they let Jesus go to the Pharisees as they wished what would happen, right, with yeah. being the crucifixion. And so Jesus is carrying the cross, it's beaten down, wore out, can't do this on his own, but his body physically won't let it won't let it happen. So they find Simon in the crowd, pick him out, and help him carry the cross up to Calvary. Okay? So there's there's people in the people that we're talking about, Simon and Barabbas. Is it shocking to you? And it may not be because you may have heard this before, but it could be shocking to others that we are just like those two people in this life that we live. Right, and I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna explain why. Okay, it's easier to explain the Simon one, but I'm gonna explain Barabbas first. Okay, okay. So Cody, not that I know of, <laughs> you haven't killed anybody. Okay? Uh, no. Okay, I haven't killed anybody. Okay. Okay. Most people in this world are not murderers. Okay. Yes. Okay, but we've all committed sins that, in God's eyes, it's all the same thing. A sin's a sin in the eyes of God, right? Because it's unholy. It's it's separate from Him. Murder being one of those sins, right? Right. That was on the list. Thou shalt not kill. You know, and so He sees Barabbas as a sinner. He sees us as sinners. Okay. He sees us on the same playing field. And there's such a cool correlation in that story in what actually happened that people might just look over because they're like, I can't believe that people were that crazy to let a murderer go instead of Jesus. Because right. human eyes, it looks insane. Yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's insane. But God and Jesus had such a deeper meaning in that situation right there. Jesus took the fault for Barabbas, just like he oh. took it for us. We're Barabbas. We deserve that beating. We deserve to be chastised. Right. We deserve that crucifixion and that horrible, awful death because we've turned our backs on God, you know, before we get saved and things like that. Just we as human beings in general. Right. But Jesus, 
being right there on stage, took that brunt for Barabbas so Barabbas could go off and live his life. Now, do we hear Barabbas ever again in the the Scripture? No. We don't know what he did. He could have completely changed his life. He could have seen Jesus in a whole different light and said, you know what, from here on out, I'm going to honor God for what he's done for me. Or he could have went and killed somebody again and thrown right back in jail. But in that situation, in that then and now, it was an example of Jesus paying paying for it all for for all of us including Barabbas including him because just like Barabbas is a sinner we're sinners where we deserve that punishment we deserve to be chastised Jesus is up there and he's taking the brunt of it he took the brunt of it on that cross for us okay right so now let's talk about Simon Simon's very quickly mentioned in scripture we don't know much about him um we there's some speculation that um, Paul is writing to one of his sons in the book of Romans. So there's a little correlation with there. Some some scholars believe that might be the same person. Mm, yeah. But that the most part about Simon is the little section where he's helping Jesus carry the cross. Right, the carrying the cross, and right. There's some depictions, including like the Passion of the Christ and some other things like that, where, um, and Passion of Christ is fresh on my mind because we watched the last half of it at church on right. Wednesday, where in the story, and it doesn't say this in Scripture, but in the in the movie depiction of it, Simon has a line that says something along the lines of, well, I'm an innocent man. Why do I need to carry a criminal's cross? And they, you know, they basically tell him, they force him to do it. Uh-huh. But that little line kind of struck a nerve in me, not in a bad way, but it kind of caught my attention, you know? Right. Because it's the other way around. Right. Where he, where yeah. Simon, Simon, in that depiction, saying, "I'm not why, why me an innocent man is carrying a criminal's, criminal's cross, cross when it's actually uh, their way it's around." It's the other way around. So we see in Scripture that Simon helped Jesus carry the cross. Actually, Jesus was carrying that cross for Simon. Okay. Right. Because he was taking that beating. Because just like we are Barabbas, we're Simon in that situation too. Well, we can't, we can't handle all this on our own. Jesus is there. Jesus took took the beatings for us. He took the chastising. He took the humiliation of everything that he stood for because he knew it had to be done. Right. Because, you know, we talked about Passover, how, you know, they would get a, a, a lamb without, you know, fault, uh, the, you know, perfect little lamb, and that would be the sacrifice, right? Right. Well, God knew for the ultimate reconciliation with his creation, with human beings, they needed to be a perfect, blameless human sacrifice. Right. That's why Jesus, that's why God came down to form of Jesus Christ, 100% man, 100% God at the same time. Okay. And so that's how we can relate to that story. We're Barabbas. We deserve that beating. We deserve that punishment. We're also Simon, where, you know, we're actually, we, we, we might think we got it all together. We might think that we're in control, but Jesus is carrying that stuff for us. Right. When we hand that over to Jesus, he's got it. He's got it under control. So that's just something that really spoke to me, and that's why I shared it on Sunday during the little invitation time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, wow. you know, and, and I, and, you know, I hope people heard it. I heard some good things about it and I don't do it to hear good things about it. I just do it because God told me to. And, you know, I hope, you know, somebody that hears this, maybe they haven't seen it that way before and it gives them a deeper appreciation for their faith yeah. or it helps them recommit their life to Christ or they might get saved for the first time. We don't know who's listening. All the people that listen to this show, it scatters all around. Last time I checked, we still got people listening on the other side of the ocean sometimes, you know, right. which is crazy to think about. Yeah, but for sure. If you know, if you know that story, if you believe in Jesus, I pray that, that you go and tell somebody that may not know Jesus about that. 
and how they don't think they can relate to Jesus. Well, there's there's case in point proof right there that we can directly relate to Jesus. Right. Because people just like us had one-on-one interactions with Jesus. Okay? How cool is that? Right? And, you know, go talk to those people. We talked about doing mental checks on people, too. Right. A few weeks ago, just saying, hey, buddy, how you doing? You know? And do those, do those, talk to them about Jesus, ask them how God's working in their life because you not, you don't know when's the last time you're going to talk to them. Okay. Right. And that kind of ties me into the Luke thing with, with, with with Luke. Um, you know, I, I, it's been a while since I talked to him just because we'd have two, two different busy lives. Now, now I'll go ahead and say it, put it out there. We were, we were buddies, Uh but there were, I have friends that were way, way closer to Luke than I was. We were, we were three or four years different in school. So we had two two different groups of friends and that's just how it was. But if I saw Luke, we spoke, you know, there's a few times I remember, um, down at um, Amber's grandparents' house for either Thanksgiving or Easter. One of those times, they live in a big neighborhood that's like a big circle. So after we eat, we always walk the circle. And there was one time, I can't remember what holiday it was, but I heard a little beep, did not recognize the car, and all of a sudden rolled down the window, it was Luke driving. And he said, hey, hey, pal. I said, hey, buddy. And we sat there and talked for like 10 minutes. And I, you know, he could have just honked and waved, but he wanted to stop and have a conversation. That's just kind of the guy that Luke was, you know. And, you know, had lunch with him one time. And you know, just the the day um, the day that Amber and I were getting married, um, he was up in Indianapolis at the Indy 500 with his brother. <laughs> and as busy as that was, he took the time to send me a message, you know, congratulating me, saying today's your day, go get married, son, and stuff like that. So it's just he was just that kind of guy, right? But you know, if if I could wish anything, I wish for one more conversation with him, honestly, right? Just because he was just a fun person to talk to, and you know. I, I know for a fact where he is, and it gives me peace knowing that he's in heaven, you know? Right. And, you know, he probably wanted to ask God, you know, what channel did the Braves come on up here? You know, <laughs> I'm serious. You know, if if, there, if he was able to ask that question, I guarantee you he at least tried at least once. Yeah, hey. And just because he was a huge race, race fan, too, on top of the Alabama basketball thing. But, like, Scott, who's been on here before, man, they were like brothers, dude. Really? And that's what's broken my heart the most is knowing how brokenhearted Scott is, really. Oh, really? And um, hmm. I know the funeral will be coming up in a few days. I hadn't really made the official arrangement yet, but that's going to be a tough day. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, 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 can, I see some things differently now, now that I have a son, Graham, you know? Right. And I can't imagine losing a child. You know, I can't imagine what Pam and Brian are feeling. That's his parents, what they're feeling right now. From what I've seen on social media, from what they've posted themselves, from what I've seen on just like University of Alabama's page where they've been there at the, at the they're on campus and have people come up to them and had like, had like a little memorial service for them outside the Coleman Coliseum. Oh, it's They look like, they're, cool. look like they're staying strong, but I can't imagine what's going on in their head. You know, that was a long, that had to be the longest ride ever back from Tuscaloosa the other day. Oh, man, You know, yeah. coming back. They came back in like the middle of the night, got back around 7, 8 a.m. on Tuesday, I believe, Monday or Tuesday this past week. Um, so it's going to be tough. And there's going to be days that feel like they're not going to end. And there'll be good days, too. Like, I, you know, I've just been checking on Scott and my cousin, Ben. He, they, him, Ben, and Scott were, I mean. Like, they were all really close. I mean, they, they had a daily group text going on. Oh, wow. 24-7. Like me and John and his brothers do. Um, it was a day. I mean, it, it just, it never stopped, you know. And so, 
check on your friends, especially in times like this. Absolutely. Because, you know, just like Scott said the other day, he's kind of going through two, and I'm sorry, Scott, if you listen, if I'm telling too much of your business, but I mean, I think it's worth sharing where he's just going through two different types of emotions right now, where he's one sad because he won't see his friend anymore. I mean, they hung out, they went to Braves games, they went to uh, Quail Hollow to the PGA tournaments, they went and played golf together out at Twin Valley. I mean, you know, they were brothers basically. And, you know, he's sad he won't be able to have those times with him anymore. He's probably a little confused, you know, probably a little angry, which is fair to be right now. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But he's also, he told me that he has peace knowing where Luke is. And I think that's what we all need to remember is we need to have peace knowing where Luke is now. Okay? Right. Um, and it says in times like this that, you know, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. It says that in Psalm. It also says in Psalm a few hundred chapters later <laughs> um, that he heals, God heals the brokenhearted and binds up um, their wounds. Um, it also says in the book of John to not let our hearts be troubled, that if we believe in God, believe in Jesus. You know, if we have faith in God and have faith in all this stuff, we need to have faith that God can get us through these times of mourning. You know, right? I, I like I said, I can't imagine what Pam and Brian are feeling. I I hope that I selfishly I hope I don't have to feel that, and they would probably say the same thing to anybody. You know, I can't imagine the feeling of having to bury a child. You know, whether yeah. he's two years old like Graham is or twenty three like Luke was. Okay, I can't imagine that feeling. But stay strong in the Lord. That's all I can say, because He's going to get you through this. Somebody is going to get saved out of this situation. Oh, yeah. I just have a feeling. I've talked to, to Ben about that. I've talked to Scott about that, that as crazy and as sudden as this situation was, it makes no sense at all in our human minds. That's why I said to Scott first thing in the morning Saturday when I first saw the news. He had been up all night and stuff like that. You know, it makes no sense to our, to our human brains right now because we can't, we don't understand the understand why the process blah, 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 of, just, like of just leaving, you know, just being gone. You know, how all of a sudden they're there and all of a sudden they're not. You know, we don't understand that just yet. One day we will. One day we'll be, you know, reconnected with God in heaven. We'll see people like Luke. We'll see people like the loved ones that we lost and stuff like that. And it'll make way more sense, you know. Oh yeah. And it's it's a tough situation. It's still very fresh. I mean, it just happened this past Friday. You know, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be right at a week since it happened. Right. And it feels like an eternity and since it's it happened. And it's felt, I'm know? sure, like a really long time. Even you know, like even just from then until now. Yeah. And even when this podcast episode comes out, it's going to still. I mean, you know, because in the grand scheme of things, we can't a long time, but still, I'm sure it's even now it's felt like a, a, yeah. a, a really long time since and, that. And, you know, he's got his, his his mom and dad. He's got his two brothers, Brandon and Noah. You know, they, they're going to go through life, and it's going to be tough, too. They're going to have times in their life that I'm sure where they're going to wish Luke was there to share it with them, you know. And it's going to be tough. There's going to be some really, really good days where they're going to laugh and have good memories. There's going to be some days where they, they might have to just sit down and cry. But that's part of it. And that's the days where we need to have faith in God, knowing good and well that he has a plan. He had a plan for Luke. Luke obviously filled that plan. Okay. And now he's with Christ for eternity. Okay. We all have a plan. We need to strive to live like Luke did. Okay. Yeah. Go out there and have fun. Go out there and live life to the fullest. Go out there and make a good impact on so many people. The one thing that I loved about Luke Ratliff, you know, he was such a lovable guy, whether you knew him like on the brother to brother level, like Scott and Ben did, or you knew him like I did, or if you just followed him on Twitter, he was such a likable guy. He never let any of this quote-unquote fame get to his head, okay? Dude ended up with like 9,000 Twitter followers, okay? Nice. Just a kid from Wadesboro that went to Tuscaloosa to school and decided, you know what? 
I'm going to be in charge of the fan of the student section at the basketball games and just flourished from there on and out. And it's kind of, yeah. And what a season he got to see. Absolutely, man. You know, he got to see his team be a two seed in the tournament. They won the regular season and the tournament, yeah. this conference tournament in the SEC. He got a piece of the net from Coach Oates. I mean, Coach Oates loved the guy. Coach Oates absolutely loved Luke. A lot of the guys, I mean, everybody did. Oh. You know, it's it's going to be tough. There's going to be some days ahead, and I am sound like a broken record where they might not seem like they're going in, but have faith in God. He'll heal your broken spirit. He'll turn your eyes upon him, and he's going to say, trust me, and trust him. Something good's going to come out of this sudden loss of Luke Ratliff. We don't know what it is just yet, and we might not see it with our own eyes one day. But ha- me having faith in God means that I have faith that God's going to use us for the good, whether I see it for myself or not. So, Pam, Brian, if you somehow hear this, I love y'all. I'm praying for y'all. Scott, Ben, I love you guys. Y'all are my bros as well. I'm praying for y'all. Stay strong in the Lord, guys. All right, it is sports time. Time to update y'all on the week that was in the world of sports. This is the The Weekly weekly score. Score. To start out this week's weekly score, this week's weekly score, that sounded kind of funny, didn't it? Yeah, it did. To start out uh, this portion of the show, we are going to get Parrish on the line to talk uh, the Bristol Dirt Race and to preview the race at Martinsville this weekend. All right, now we're going to talk some left turns. We got our buddy Parrish on the line. What's up, Parrish? What's up, man? How are y'all doing? Good. How's your teeth? They all clean and everything? <laughs> <laughs> they are now, man. I feel like it took a few days to get all the dirt out of them, but I'm good well, now. We, we figured that's why he went to the dentist was to get all the dirt out. So Right, yeah. Oh, man, I'm, I'm actually surprised the dentist didn't say anything about it. I, think, I guess having to wear the mask helped or something. True. Yeah. Very true. I'm, have you washed your car yet? That's the real question. Dude, I was, and then I came home, and the next day it was co- covered with pollen, and now I'm just waiting for it to rain. <laughs> so now it's just brown and green. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looks gross, man. It looks nasty. Well, well, for y'all that don't understand why we're associating dirt with Parrish, um, it's because <laughs> it's because he was at the Bristol Dirt Race uh, two weeks ago. So we didn't have a race, a cup race, or any kind of race this past weekend because it was Easter weekend. So, But two weeks ago, our week four last, uh, we had the dirt race at Bristol, and man, I mean that was it was fun yeah. to watch on TV. Parrish, uh, give me give me uh, basically a summary of your first person view of at the race. It was fun, man. Um, it was I'd say the first fifty laps we could we I saw the first fifty laps, and then in the final hundred laps we probably saw maybe thirty of the laps because oh, no. once, once they got really running. Um, and they just started kicking up a lot of dust, man. It was so hard to see. Like, I mean, it was, it was still fun and everything, but it was, <laughs> they definitely, um, for next year, they definitely need to, I'd, I'd say run it at night just because the dust is just so much, man. And it's covered with dirt and dust, but it was fun, man. I thought it was a, it was a heck of an atmosphere. And they said they only had like, what, 25% capacity or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a good crowd. I thought it was a really really good crowd. Um, but it was fun, man. It was a good race. Uh, good to see a lot of drivers that you wouldn't think of, of 
as a dirt regulars up there. So it was, it was fun, man. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I got a kick, and uh, Amber was getting the kick out of it too. That you, especially on the one wreck that happened literally right in front of you and Tanner, <laughs> where uh, and I don't even know if Cody even knows this, but we were watching. I was watching race on TV. You know, uh-huh. uh, Parrish and Tanner were there, right? And all of a sudden, uh, like, and granted, remember the you know the live broadcast on TV is about seven or eight seconds behind real live, you know, real life. Yes. And so, like, there's eight seconds, and then Parrish texts me, can you tell me who just wrecked in front of us because we can't see? And I was like, hold on, it hadn't wrecked yet here. <laughs> and all of a sudden, there was wrecked, so I was just telling him all the numbers. And I, and I told Amber, I said, Amber, I had to tell Parrish who wrecked 50 feet in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> like, from home. Yeah. Because it was so dusty. Right. Because it happened like literally, it wasn't that wreck like two or three laps in within a restart? I mean, that was quick. Yeah. yeah. It happened like super quick after the restart. Yeah. Man. And so that's when he told me, can you tell me who was in that wreck? Because we can't <laughs> see. <laughs> I got such a kick out of that. Right. Yeah. That's definitely the thing I noticed uh, about it. And I'm sure you saw it too, how Cody was, how yeah. dusty it was. Which. Oh, did- yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I didn't see the whole race live, but I went back and watched like. I did see part of the race live, so don't, we're, we're very proud of you. Uh, don't get on me too much, but I did go back and watch the highlights and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, man, it was, it was, you know, I mean, there was obviously a ton of wrecks in there, but you know, once those car pileups happened, I mean, like I was looking and saying, you can see nobody in there. Yeah, I know. It, it seems it was, yeah. it, it was very dusty. And then like Parrish mentioned about it being there today, that didn't help at all because the sun was baking that, that dirt and drying it out, you know, the little right. moisture that was in it. So if you run at night, it kind of keeps it from drying out as quickly, especially right. up there in Bristol. And so, and and they didn't decide what till the last stage to wet the track. Parish, is yeah, that right? Yeah, that, that's that's when they really were like, hey, we, we we might need to actually take take a few minutes and wet this track, and so that way it will um, help with the dust problem. And it seemed to it seemed to help because the final fifty laps, I mean, it was a little dusty, but it wasn't nothing like it was um, during stage two, man, because it was. At one point, I was looking at Tanner, and I was like, man, I think we might be better off going just sitting outside in our car and watching on our phone because we can see more. Yeah, and that's, yeah. A, and that's a shame. I mean, because how far, how far is a drive to Bristol from your house? Uh, it's about three three hours and like 30 minutes, yeah, 45 minutes. Yeah, and that's about, that's about how long it is for me, maybe four. And so, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a long ride up the mountain to just look at a <laughs> dust bowl. Right. Yeah. It really is, man. It really is. But it was it was fun. I just hope for next year they they run it at night, man. And I think shortening it to maybe like a hundred laps would also help, just because I mean I feel like after after a while it it kind of turned into like an asphalt race in a way because yeah. the dirt was so packed down and everything. Well, plus you had forty cars out there too, you know. Yeah, so exactly, you just a continuous yeah. just pressure on that dirt over and over and over for two hundred fifty laps. So that was a lot. I mean, but. You know, some people were saying this is going to be awesome. Some people were saying this is going to be just awful. You know, we're not even going to be able to finish this thing. And they they finished it and pulled it off. And, you know, they confidently uh, promoted next year's dirt race halfway through this one. Right. Yeah. (laughs) They really did. And, I mean, hey, kudos to NASCAR, though, man, for actually trying something new instead of, I mean, I don't don't know. I just, I I feel like the the Bristol Spring Race over the last few years has just kind of gotten stale. And the attendance has just struggled and struggled. So kudos to them for doing something 
you know, taking a risk. And I mean, I think it paid off and I think it works. I thought the racing was good minus the dust problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You take away that dust issue, you have yourself an amazing race. And what oh, was, yeah. what was really cool about that was, you know, we had Daniel Suarez run the second for who knows how long. I mean, yeah. when's, when's the last time we've seen Suarez in the top, you know, 15, you know, let alone <laughs> top five, but you know, of course, unfortunately Logano ended up winning the race um, yes, he did. Denny definitely should have tried to been a little aggressive there at the end, a little more aggressive than he should have been. But Logano did end up winning, so, you know, he's punched his ticket for the playoffs. But um, as we kind of go away from Bristol, I'll ask you this. You know, we talked about them already promoting next spring will be a dirt race. Is that one that you would want to go back and see again? Yeah, I think I, think I definitely would, um, as long as they make it a night race, um, which – I don't know if they will because I feel like the Bristol night race is kind of its own own thing, and they want to save that for the um, the September or August race, just whenever it'll fall next year. But I mean, I would I would want to go back. I think it's I think it was a good atmosphere, especially ho- well, hopefully next year. You know, they can actually have more than 30, 35,000 fans. They yeah. can hopefully have yeah. close to a full capacity. So I think I w- I would definitely I would say I'd want to go back, and I think that's that's a um, it's it's a fun race. I mean, going to Bristol is always fun, Neil. You know, you know, oh, yeah. it's it's a it's probably easily top five track. You can't you can't duplicate what to. what the atmosphere at Bristol. I mean, I didn't even oh, go yeah. at full capacity. I went to you know that was one of the first races they had with fans. You know, last oh, yeah. fall and man, the energy there. You know, I still get chill bumps just thinking about it. I'll go back and watch just even five-second videos I took just because, I mean, I just remember how crazy it was. You know, I can't imagine a full-on 100% capacity Bristol, and I think that's what Marcus Smith and the rest of people over at, um, was it SMI? Um, they, what they want to see is a full crowd at a Bristol dirt race, you know, because, oh, yeah. and Cody, you'll probably agree with me with this, that's a lot of work, you know, to have a, oh, yeah. have a dirt race in the spring and then the, well, it's not asphalt, it's concrete. Uh-huh. That's going to have a pavement, oh, yeah. pavement race in the fall. That's, that's a that's lot a, of work in That between. is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, like just trying to process all of that, I'm like, man, that'd just be a ton of work just to even try to think about having to do. And then imagine trying to do that, you know, within that short period of time is yeah. a lot. Cause it's not just, you know, laying out gravel for a right. driveway. I mean, it's layers and layers of sawdust and then dirt and this is more dirt and this is water and this is <laughs> dirt. And then, and so now they, I don't even, I, I'd love to see time lapse of how they're going to clean that out. I'm sure they've been working oh, on man. it. It's going to take oh, yeah. them at least two months to do it. But you know, it's gonna take there, him a while, there, there's sure. an old wise tale that Bruton Smith, who's Marcus Smith's daddy, who's who's the you know basically the head honcho of all that stuff, got uh-huh. more money than he knows what to do with. There's um there's an old wise tale that they had a dirt race back in the day at Bristol. It wasn't for Cup Series or anything, mm-hmm. but to get the dirt out, that he had enough money to reroute the creek that runs by the racetrack, and that's how he washed it out. <laughs> wow, imagine having that much money, man. Wow. Be, he, he, able to do that. That, like, that man's got way more – way. Too much money and way more money than people would probably realize he has too. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent for sure. But um, now this weekend we got the Martinsville race coming up, um, aka the race that me and Paris should be going to. But <laughs> thanks to not the state but the Commonwealth, you know, the very proper Commonwealth of Virginia. Oh, uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Yeah, okay. um, they're only allowing a, th- a thousand people 
at this race, and me and Paris were not part of that 1,000, unfortunately. Um, oh, but well. it's still going to be an interesting race. Um, but Martinsville is always a fun race. Um, you know, that's the that's the famous paperclip track that's, you know, basically two drag strips with a dog leg on each side. Yeah. And, you know, and it's it's ramping up to be a pretty decent race. What do you what do you think about this week in Paris? What's your expectations? Yeah, I think I think it'll be a good race. Um, I think this will be the this will be the second night race at Martinsville, I believe, like second race that is a full night race. Um, I mean, I think I think it'll be fun. Martinsville is always always exciting just because it's so close it's just so it's such a tight track that you, you can't really get away from anybody there um like the leader is always in traffic cars are always in traffic um i mean I, i'd expect someone like hamlin or keselowski or truex or chase elliott or one, one probably one of those four to really be um the the cars to beat this weekend um but who knows i mean with the way this year's going it could be someone completely off the wall that i'm not even thinking of um, but I, I definitely would say that we'll probably get a, another different winner this weekend. Yeah. But I think it should be a good race. Yeah. And you know, that's one of those tracks, of course, Bristol, you can get some hot heads there because it's just, you know, so tight, but you can get some pretty good speed at Bristol and, you know, getting open. But at Martinsville, you, I mean, you can hammer it down on the straightaways, but you got to, you know, kill the brakes on the turns. On the turns, yeah. And oh, yeah. that can just make for some really tight racing. I mean, we've seen, we've seen Denny, wasn't that the track where Denny Hamlin and Logano first got into it, where, yep. you know, the poking yep. and everything started? And then we yep. saw Denny and Chase, right? <laughs> Denny and just about everybody. Yeah, Denny, Denny and everybody. Yeah, that's right. You know, I I I bought a twenty three eleven shirt now, so I can't too. I can't talk I was about too to bad say, about okay, Denny. Okay, you got to hold so, up. <laughs> okay, you just bought that shirt, so you can't talk that much junk about Denny Hamlin. Just like I can't talk much junk about LeBron James right. anymore. You that's right. You because told me he, that he's your boss now. You didn't uh, apparently me. he's oh, yeah. Right. Apparently he is now. He so. I, yeah. about that. I forget Denny owns half the shirt I bought. That's right. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, that's going to be a fun race. I hate we're going to miss it, but you know we got we still got our our money that we can either go to the race in the fall at Martinsville or go next spring. So we, we're we're going to go, and oh, you know sure. maybe it will be somebody like Keselowski wins. So we'll be glad we didn't go. You know, so, <laughs> another I hope Pinsky so, man. guy. Gosh, I, hope, know, I hope when we go, he doesn't win. <laughs> I got I got a Ford hat on right now, but I cannot cheer for them Pinsky boys to save my life. I just can't do it. <laughs> that's something about Dude. it. I just can't do it. They're too, me they're, neither, they're too fancy like for I, me. Oh, go ahead. They're I'm too fa- they're too fancy for me. That, dude, I agree with that, man. <laughs> I feel like I don't know what it is, but I attract Penske drivers winning. <laughs> I counted up and I've seen ten Penske wins in the last since twenty fifteen I've seen 10, 10, 10 Penske wins, five from Keselowski and five from Logano. And it just annoys me to no end. I know when I go to a race there is a chance because it's something about it. It's just like I don't know if, if the Lord just wants to play a joke on me. <laughs> they, they, they say they say the Lord has a sense of humor, and I believe He does. Yeah. But man, like holy cow. <laughs> Well, it, well, then you're in good company because when we do get to go, two of the last three I've been to uh, Harvick's one, so that wouldn't be too bad, right? That w- that wouldn't be too bad. No, I can't okay, take yeah. that over a Penske car. Yeah, because the last three races I've been to was a night race uh, last fall, and Harvick won that. Then I went. Then the year before that, I was at the All Star race and uh, Larson won that. And oh, wow. and That's then cool. and then the last one I was at before then was the twenty. 2013 600 and that's the one with the whole camera fiasco oh, you know where the yeah. wire fell on the track and yeah. all that and harvick won that race so oh man uh just to make you feel old i was 11 in 2013 oh thanks cody appreciate <laughs> oh, it golly. 
You're welcome. That yeah, that, that was my first. That was you're welcome. That was the weekend before I went to Caswell as a staff for the first time. So wow, yeah. So wow. that that dates how long I was at Caswell <laughs> working. So. <laughs> So, yeah, but, you know, Martinsville is going to be fun. You know, the person I keep thinking about because they ran it so well last year was Bubba Wallace. He he did, oh, yeah. he did pretty – this was the 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 first race at uh, Martinsville um, this time last year was there was no fans there. We had just – wasn't that the second uh, double header week, like after Darlington Parish? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I'm yeah, sure so we had a Wednesday sure. race at Darlington, then a Sunday race, and they went Wednesday and Sunday at Martinsville. And I think it was either the Wednesday night race or the Sunday race that Bubba Wallace he he raced really oh, yeah. good. I mean, it was it was tremendous. So you know, who knows? He he ran pretty decent in the dirt race until you know he until he he right. should have got a caution and he didn't because uh, he blew his tire. So maybe you know maybe all the cards will cards will be in his favor this weekend. I'm trying to think of somebody random like like him. Um, Christopher yeah. Bell could win as as much as yeah. you don't want that to happen. Uh, Parish. Oh my goodness! But, <laughs> I was about to say he's gonna rub that one in. Yeah, but you know it's 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 going to be fun. That's for sure, man. Yeah, for sure, I could see Ryan Priest doing well too. He's he's a good modified driver, so he likes the short tracks and everything. But it'll be interesting, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool deal, man. Well, thanks for hopping on here for about fifteen minutes. That was that was some good racing discussion. I oh, yeah, I man. wanted to save a good chunk of time to talk NASCAR this week since we didn't mention it at all because yeah. I you know I I felt like I you know had 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 cheated on somebody to not sit in front of this microphone at least mention <laughs> mention stock cars in some way or fashion last week. So, but yeah, I'm, awesome, I'm, I'm we were busy on Sunday with Easter and everything, but I did miss having a NASCAR race to watch. That's for sure. Same man, same. I miss having. There wasn't any kind of racing. There was an F one. There was an Indy car. There wasn't anything. No. Man. I was sitting. I was sitting there, and then I mean, the, the women's national championship game came on, which I watched. But I was like, man, I need some. I need. To, I need some racing on <laughs> yeah. my TV on a Sunday. Yeah. I, I, dude, I even we. Um, I'll tell you this quick story, then we'll we'll get off of here. We we um my my wife Amber and her sister they took their um their parents to the airport on Saturday. They went out to Phoenix for the week for just a little trip. And oh, so, wow. um, my in-laws left their, um, Honda Civic at my house. And so I was going to take it back to their house and it's one of the newer ones that's got sport mode on it. So oh, you know yeah. where I'm going with this. Oh, and, man. and so, oh, man. <laughs> and so, you know, I, we didn't get a race on Sunday, but I had me a little qualifying time between, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> between their house and mine on the way oh, back man. Saturday. So if you're hearing this, Michael Weaver, I didn't go over 80, I promise. <laughs> I promise. Well, I was about to say after that story, I have a hard time believing that. But I pr- okay. No, I promise. Okay, you, it's Olive Branch Road. You can't go over eighty, so we're good. <laughs> okay, I, I swear, I promise, I didn't do That's that. That's right. I promise. I oh. promise. All right. Well, cool deal, man. Well, thanks for jumping on. I said, cool deal, man. Thanks for jumping on. Oh yeah, appreciate it, man. I'm sorry, I did. That was my bad. I didn't hear you. Oh, it's oh, all, all good, man. man. Technical difficulties. It's all Technical good. Difficulty. Oh yeah, you yeah, got a little smart technology. All right, man, let's talk some March Madness. Or I guess we can say March and first week of April Madness. Maybe April Anarchy or something like that. Yes. How about that? Yes, for sure. Like (laughs) March Madness and April... What did you say? April Anarchy. Okay, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, Neil, the Final Four happened, obviously, and trust me, guys, we're getting to the National Championship, but we got to go in order. Yes, we do. we got to go in order first. So, the Final Four happens... The, the men's final four, anyway, happened this past Saturday. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. 
And the first game was Baylor versus Houston. Mm-hmm. And I think it's safe to say that Baylor had control of that game from tip-off, too. Yes. Uh, like, from the start of the game to the very end, the sounding buzzer, Baylor had control of that game through and through. And there was really nothing Houston could do. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the coach, but it was it's a football reference from a guy who used to coach the Arizona Cardinals. It was one of those famous, you know, oh, yeah. guys that just lose it in a press conference yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. If, basically, from Houston's point of view, they, they are who we thought they, they were. were. And we let them off on the hook. hook. So, yeah. Right. So, Baylor whooped them, okay? Yeah. Houston is not a bad basketball team. We've oh, no, talked about the whole tournament, how they're not flashy. They're not really fun to watch, right. per se, compared to the, all, all these other teams. But they're really good at basketball. Absolutely, they're good at the man. fundamentals, and they got the job done, except this time. Yes. They, they met Baylor. That's what happened. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So, the Baylor uh, quickly reminded all of us, wondering, you know, how come Houston isn't in the Big 12? Well, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much that game was a reminder to everybody of who had questions of why Houston wasn't yeah. in a major conference like that, and I think that kind of answered Because Houston is a ginormous school. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's probably one of the biggest schools in the American Conference. Oh. Are they in the America Conference? Yeah, they are. Yes. Um, so so people are like, well, it's just based off size of school, they should at least be considered for a Big 12. Well, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Yeah, like let's just wait and hold off until, you know, we see more matchups like this before yeah, we start. But like, like you said, wire to wire, it was Baylor all day. And yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know. So that was the first final four game matchup, and then obviously the second final four matchup was Gonzaga versus the team from LA, the team that you said last week would beat Michigan, and they did. Yes. And I, and I was wrong about that one, but I am glad that they did beat Michigan. I just didn't think they they would. They proved me wrong, but unfortunately, they could not beat the team that is known as. Gonzaga, Gonzaga, I don't know how it's pronounced. It's pronounced like a couple of different ways. Who knows? They change it about 14 times during a game anyway. Yeah. So, but yeah, so we went from a whooping yes. to a wire to wire, wire tense game. I mean, wow. Overtime thriller, dude. That was probably the best game of this entire tournament. Yes. And, you know, and Hands that's, down. and that's definitely saying a lot considering this tournament was one of the most fun to watch I've ever seen. You know, like whether it's games are tie or just a bunch of upsets. But this game, obviously it's on pretty much the biggest stage other than the national championship, obviously the final four. For that matchup to come down to wire to wire as it did and Jalen Suggs on Gonzaga, I say Gonzaga, drained the three from basically half court to win the game. Banked it in, by the way. And he banked in off the glass. That was extremely awesome to see, dude. That was just a great game. I, I unfortunately was not able to stay up and watch the whole thing. Oh, I watched the end of that one. I couldn't watch the whole thing, dude. I was just – well, part of the reason why I didn't was because I had to be to church early on Sunday morning for the for the, you know, for the the you know lift thing, so I didn't want to stay up too late. But as soon as I saw the highlights this morning, I'm like, man, why didn't I stay up and watch this yeah, game? I, I was up playing uh, NASCAR Heat on Xbox. Oh, okay. <laughs> And I checked the score because I was about to go to bed. I checked the score, saw how tight it was and still in regulation. So while I was playing that, I put it on my Google Home on the te- on the table. Oh, nice. And just was kind of – just kept with glance at it. And when it got to overtime, I watched the whole thing. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm definitely glad I stayed up for that for sure. Uh, that was definitely a really awesome game to watch. And it, it was definitely a really good season – Going from the first four to make it to the final four, I think I think all the doubters of the Pac-12 and just – Are you, you talking about me? Are you talking about me? I, I, I didn't say your name. <laughs> I didn't say your name. I, I didn't say your name, but you just called yourself out. So, okay, yeah, you. And <laughs> so you and just people who 
didn't you know think much of the Pac-12 going to the tournament? Well, one of those teams almost made it to the national championship. And congratulations to Neil. Congratulations to you guys. Say it. The Pac-12. Well, no, not the Pac-12, but UCLA. Yes. Oh, either one. Yes. Well, true there. <laughs> yeah, but congratulations to them. We'll make it to the Final Four. But after that, of course, we had pretty much the matchup that okay. no one really wanted, but everyone kind of expected. Can, can I say two things real quick yes. about the UCLA game? Yes. So if, uh, well, one thing I really liked about Suggs draining that three, of course he he jumped up on the table and celebrated, which was really cool. But yeah, he stopped cool. his celebration to go you know, talk to the UCLA guys, which I thought yes. was really cool sportsmanship. You know? Yes, absolutely. Because he didn't have to do that. He didn't. He he did not have to do that at all. Nope, he could have been crowded by his teammates and all that stuff, and couldn't didn't even have to give UCLA a uh-huh. second thought. But he stopped, and that encouraged other teammates of his on Gonzaga to, to go, and go and talk to and the talk guys. To you know, show some sportsmanship. That was really cool. Absolutely. And also, I think that shot is probably number two of all time buzzer beaters in the tournament behind the uh, Villanova. A buzzer beater against Tar Heels. Yes, you know, as much as a heartbreaker shot as, as that was for was, me, was that was shot. an amazing play. You know, yeah. in the moment, I was so mad. I turned TV off as soon as it went in. I turned it off, went straight to bed. Like <laughs> I'm serious. Like like what? <laughs> I'm ser- Are me, you kidding me? Me and my friend Walker were sitting in my apartment in college watching it. Okay, and so as soon as that happened, and Walker did not live with me. Walker had his own apartment. Okay, as soon as that happened, I turned TV off. I said, "See you later, Walker." I shut the door. I went to bed. <laughs> dude, <laughs> wow! I dude. said, I said, I'm not mad at you. I just need to. I, I don't need to watch this. I don't need to see the replay. I don't need to see it. I was so upset. Oh my goodness! So, wow. So, so to say, really? So to say, the year after when I was relieved that the Carolina won the national championship, I was like, okay, now I can. Yes. Now I can appreciate that shot for what it was. But then in the moment, I was like. This is going to be the bane of my existence with that buzzer beater. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the Villanova shot over Carolina for the national championship, you can't beat that one because it was for the championship. Right. This one, probably number two. Probably number two, Yeah. Yes. The, the, the Leitner shot's probably up there, too. I oh, would yeah. say that one might be two or three as well. But just for the newest one, that's got to be top oh, three. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, so we have that now. Go on to the uh, national championship. All right, so for the national championship, we basically had the teams that no one really wanted, but everyone kind of expected it to be Gonzaga versus Bayer national championship. I mean, for basically all season, they were number one and number two. Yeah. I mean, of course, you had that one week where Baylor and Michigan flip-flopped, but then Michigan lost that game, so then they flipped it back mm-hmm. over. You know, but basically for the whole season, it was number one versus number two. Yeah. And to be honest, man, it was basically like the same thing versus – Baylor versus Houston. Which surprised me, honestly. Which, yes. I mean, like, which was honestly very surprising. I mean, you know, like, Baylor had control of that game from the tip. And I was absolutely shocked. Obviously, I didn't, like I said, I didn't see the game live. But, you know, just judging from the highlights and just how everything went, it just it just seemed to me like Gonzaga was all out of sorts. And, yeah. It's almost like I mean, they, it's just they, like the stage was too big it, for them. It, it, it took it all out of them to beat UCLA. Right, you know, it's almost like that's how it was. Yeah. Um, you know, to be to be quite honest, I I couldn't stay up for this game. I was so tired. Yes, of it. I couldn't either, and it really stinks. And sorry to all the listeners <clears> out there who were like waiting for our like big takes on oh man, like I really like this moment and this moment. But you know, like I said, I unfortunately didn't stay up and watch the whole thing. But at least from watching on the highlights, you could just tell that from the tip. It was all Baylor throughout the entire game. Yeah, and, you know, part of me wanted to think that but didn't want to think that because this was, like, the most anticipated final matchup since, like, 
you were you were born in o three two o two since you were three years old. Okay, the two thousand five national championship was North Carolina versus Illinois, and it was just like this kind of setup. And it was like the most anticipated to this, the two best teams going up against each other right. in the finals. And that was an amazing game, by the way. Yeah. Carolina ended up winning, cutting down the nets. It uh, So I thought it was going to be a wire-to-wire game like that. Right, yes, yeah, same But here. no, Baylor just took yeah. care of business, man. This was their Baylor first just took care of business, This is their first appearance in the national championship and I want to say, 50-plus years. Okay? Oh, yeah. And then it's their first championship ever in basketball. Right. So very cool. Which was definitely really cool for – a school like Baylor, who's been really great the last few years, they just, you know, like who's been really great last few years, they just haven't been able to cap it off with the championship. Right. But now they have, and that's really cool for them. But on a very quick side note, the women's national championship was awesome. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was the best. But the women's final four and national championship was awesome. I mean, like obviously, All I didn't keep games. up with, with, with it as much as the men's. But once it got to Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, I kept up with it a little bit more for the women's. And – Man, that women's national championship was really cool. Uh, Stanford versus uh, Arizona. Yeah, that game, which is also two Pac-12 teams. Yes, <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, like you know, which once again points to the Pac-12. The Pac-12 definitely exceeded a lot of people's expectations for sure. You know, but that was just a really cool game to watch. That game came down to the wire. Two and it was obviously the first time Stanford had won a championship in a long time. And and who'd have thought UConn and South Carolina would have gotten knocked out? Not me. I mean, no, not me I at thought, all. I thought that was going to be well, like. Okay, well, like, obviously, I wasn't too shocked that South Carolina lost to Stanford, you know, just because it's Stanford. I mean, like, I wouldn't have been shocked if either True. team had won and lost. But when it came to Arkansas, or not Arkansas, when it came to Arizona, excuse me, versus UConn, I was shocked yeah. that it was Arizona who won that and not UConn. I was shocked UConn did not win that game for sure. I mean, but hey, just add that to the list of. Games you didn't expect to turn out the way they did in, in this March Madness tournament. And that just goes to show that this whole March Madness tournament, both from the men's and women's side, was just really fun to watch. We saw a lot of crazy upsets. We saw a lot of close games. Like Because to be honest, there really weren't a lot of games that got out of hand, really. No, not really. I mean, but like that's what makes March Madness fun is just the really tight games. Teams you don't expect to go far, go very far. I mean, for crying out loud, in the men's tournament, we had an 11 seed go to the Final Four, yep. which is just you know insane to think about. Well, plus they were in the first four too. They weren't even they weren't even in the initial tournament either. You know, so that's really cool to watch. But overall, it was just a really great March Madness. And the team that I picked to win a national championship didn't end up winning in the national championship. Good job, Cody. so I did get that one. one of your right. picks did come to fruition. Yes, and as as sour as this sounds in my mouth, because you agree with this. Props to the NCAA. Uh, that, oh, that's kind of yeah. hard to say. But props to them for pulling off a successful season. You know? Yes. When absolutely. a lot of people were calling them crazy for starting it, you know, especially with it being an indoor sport, you know? Right. To having a full season, having some makeup games here and there, of course, because yep. that, we knew that was, that was coming with the territory, to having full on conference tournaments and national tournaments. And national tournaments. And, and all went pretty also, well. like NIT and stuff like that. Yeah. And it all went smooth. And I mean, so, so so props to that. And we saw the closing of a chapter with Roy Williams retiring yes. in, after the end of this. And we got a new chapter opening with Hubert Davis yes. being the new head coach at North Carolina. We got teams that, you know, were really good this year, like Alabama, that are, you know, I think they're here to stay for a little bit. Oh, yeah. As long as Nate, Nate Oates is there, they, they're going to be a team to reckon with in that conference Absolutely, and in dude. the national tournaments. And so it's going to be fun to see where we are a year from now talking about who's the national championship as well. 
Yes, for sure. I mean, like this whole national championship bracket, or, or just this whole March Madness bracket, just really opened eyes to see what teams could stay in contention. And plus, it just made sense for the way this whole past year has gone. It kind of made sense for the tournament to kind of go this way. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's the end of a chapter for some teams, and it's an open book for others. So, I mean, and just because the season's over right now don't mean your team's done. So, it's absolutely just stay excited. That's all I can say. Absolutely, man, for sure. All right, Neil. I've waited for a pretty good while to talk about this. and, and you even skipped, skipped a whole week. I did, and I am really surprised at myself, and I'm honestly really upset at myself that I did not mention Major League Baseball at all last week. I'm really sorry about that for all you guys who listen to the show every week, and you're like, why in the world didn't Cody mention Major League Baseball like the week before opening day. Yep. I don't I, I don't know why I didn't either. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Yeah, here, here's the actual text between me and Cody. And this oh, was like, oh, gosh. Last, Come on, dude. You got last, me the text? Last Wednesday. I said, I've got a bone to pick with you, sir. And he said, about what? I said, tomorrow is MLB opening day, and you didn't mention it even once on the podcast. <laughs> you said, shame on me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, shame on me. I take all the blame for that. I'm really sorry about that. But with that being said, Baseball has started. Yes, it has. Well, actual baseball has started. Not spring training. Real, yep. real. Real baseball. Yep. Real baseball has officially started. And with that, I did want to bring up a little bit of points about both of our teams, the Boston Red Sox and the Atlanta Braves. Okay. The Red Sox were swept by the Baltimore Orioles to start the season, which Eesh. which sounds bad. But to be honest, Neil, and I think we talked about this off, you know, off the air. I guess we can call us off the air. We're not live or anything, you know. But anyway, you know, when we're not on the podcast, we've talked about this before. I've mentioned to you that probably the team that the Red Sox have the hardest time beating in our division is not the Yankees, not the Rays, not the Blue Jays, but the Baltimore Orioles. Really? We, it seems every year we lose. It seems every year we always lose the season series against the Orioles. Every year. It yeah. doesn't matter how good or bad both teams are. It just always seems that Baltimore literally has our number every time we play them. And that obviously was the case uh, this past weekend in the first series of the year. But the Red Sox did play the Tampa Bay Rays on Monday because this is recorded on Tuesday. So it was last night and we did score 11 runs off the Rays and we did win that game 11 to two, which is funny because we scored a combined five runs against Baltimore. <laughs> That's called baseball. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that is called baseball, you know, but that was a really good way to rebound from everything. Obviously a lot of the Red Sox team is brand new. So for me, I'm having to get used to a lot of the new players that are on our team in general, you know, but just, Kind of seeing where this team is at, you know, because I think I mentioned this a few episodes ago. If we play our cards right and if everything goes good, which so far we haven't had our best pitchers, Chris Sale and Eduardo Rodriguez, who are our number one two pitchers, are out for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So that obviously doesn't help out things. But it's like I said, if we play our cards right, I could see us maybe finishing third in the division. I don't see us being last. Right. I don't see us being last anyway. Yeah. But like we were last year. I don't see that happening. I remember seeing Chris Sell play for the Knights. He used to be in the White, White Sox organization. Right. Yeah, I remember him. I watched him play when I went to a Knights game one time. Oh, really? I was trying to remember. It's like, I remember that name. And I knew he's a well-known guy in baseball. Right. And I was like, I've seen that on a jersey some like with my own eyes. And it was well, the, in a Knights game. Yeah. Which is probably a rare sight because he was actually called up to the big leagues the same year he was drafted. Yeah. You know, so that, that must have been either – 
why he was up there or for a minor league like, like a rehab uh, thing uh-huh. or something. Yeah. You know, like when players get hurt, they'll be rehabbed to the mm-hmm. minors for a few games and then be called back up. You know, but yeah, you know, like so that was a very rare occurrence for sure. Okay, you know, just a quick funny side story. Uh when the Red Sox had Jackie Bradley Jr., I think it was twenty seventeen or something, he got hurt. He played two rehab games. They were both in Charlotte's and what was funny is that both me and my dad looked at the, at the night schedule at the start of the season, and we saw that they were playing the Red Sox AAA team yeah. in Pawtucket. You know, well, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Pawtucket Red Sox, and that's what they were called at the time. You know, so we bought tickets like a month in advance before the, those games, and we went that night. And sure enough, it was one of those games that Jackie Bradley Jr. was playing, and he hit a home run. Oh, that's awesome! You know, and that was super cool, dude. Like. What would have made it better is if he'd hit us. We were sitting in left field. He hit to right field. Oh, man. So that was the only kind of part I didn't like about that. But obviously, you know, I got to see a full-blown major leaguer yep. play in the minors for one game. It was really – and like I said, it was only like one of two games he had played in the minors that year because of rehab. So that was really cool to see yeah, for sure. I, I have a little story like that too. It won't take long. Um, this was when the Pelicans were still with the Braves. Yeah. Um, You remember a pitcher named Mike Hampton? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were this was completely random. We decided we were at the beach one time. And my grandparents have a house down there, and we didn't have nothing else to do that evening. And we we're like, hey, let's see if the Pelicans are playing, and because it was only like twenty minute drive, maybe even fifteen minute from the house. And well, like, yeah, because it's single A, tickets are cheap. You yeah. Know? And I, I I think they were playing the Potomac, the Potomac Nationals. I think that's who they were at the uh-huh. time. I don't know if they're still our team or not. Um, but I was like, yeah, let's go watch them play. And we uh, went and we were talking to a lady that we knew that worked for the team that we had kind of met when I was younger and was at the at the baseball camps and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And she recognized the crowd, so we talked for a little bit. And I said, I said, who's pitching tonight? Just for random, just kind of curious. She said, oh, you didn't know who's pitching? I said, no. She says, Mike Hampton's on rehab assignment in Myrtle Beach. I said, he chose, he chose single A to pitch against? She said, yeah, he's pitching two single A games and going back to Atlanta. I was like, well, this is cool. Wow. So we got we saw Mike Hampton pitch like five shutout, no hit innings, and then he was done. So he didn't even try to go for a full no hitter. He was just, uh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. Like, okay, my, yeah, whatever. My arm feels good. I'm done. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so I mean, I mean, let alone a Triple A team, seeing uh-huh. like Jackie Bradley in a in a um, Paul Tuckett uniform, right. seeing Mike Hampton in a Myrtle Beach Pelicans jersey, yeah, that was something to see. Absolutely, for man. sure. Yeah, man, so, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so it's always fun to catch those little random rehab assignments. Like I like one time I saw Frank, Frank Jeff Francoeur on the rehab assignment really? stuff like that oh, that's and it's, cool so it's cool to see stuff like that for sure yeah man for sure like that's definitely one of the things i like about seeing minor league baseball was that you know some guys you watch could be in the big league someday and i've seen a couple of guys that yeah me play, too you know like that play for like the Canapus intimidators yeah i've seen a couple of those guys come up and play for the white Sox. Mm-hmm. you know because Canapus is a white Sox team you know so that was really cool to see you know but speaking of your atlanta braves as of right now, of course, right now, though, they are playing the Nationals and they are up, so it could be over. <laughs> but as of right now, as of this recording, and... Get it in while you can, Cody. And, and, and trust me, man, I'm going to get this in while I can. Your team is one of only two teams that haven't won a game this year. Yes, I'll go ahead and tell you why. The, what? Bat, the bats were sleeping the whole time in Philadelphia. That, yeah, and... <clears throat> and I'll tell Well, you. okay, something I do want to say as I check the stats, you guys score like... Three or four runs yeah. in three games, so mm-hmm. that's even less than the yeah. Red Sox when did when Pablo Sandoval is scoring your first run of the season, you got a problem. <laughs> okay, no no knocking on the panda, but his time has came and went. Okay? Yeah, um, he's a supporting role guy now, and uh, <laughs> well, 
Well, yeah, but for me, seeing Papa Sandoval do anything is just frustrating because he was on my team and we true and we paid him a ton of money and he didn't really do anything. Nope, he so didn't. he didn't. You know, so um, either way, you know that kind of hurt me a little bit. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, right now they're playing the Nationals uh, on Tuesday. It's the first of the doubleheader they're playing today because this is the first time Nationals have played. Are playing because this, this first right. time. I mean, they they've had some COVID situations going on. You know, and so they're they're the other winless team right now. Yes, and because they hadn't played a game, and you know, so hopefully by the time we're, this comes out, we at least have two wins under our belt. Yeah, come hey. from Tuesday, and uh, we'll we'll go from there, man. Because I tell That'd you what, cool. the NL East is a, going to be a tough division. It's going to be very tough year. to win. This Usually, year. most of the time, it's between us and Philadelphia. Yeah, and Philadelphia had a very 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 off year last year, which yes. is very unlike them. Yes, and now not only do we have to worry about the Phillies, yeah, we also have, we have to worry about the Mets now, and. and Miami, that's just that's just and well, Mr. Francisco Lindor, yeah, and and, and uh, Degrom, yep. So not only do they have a really good pitching staff, now they have some a couple more weapons yeah. on offense as well, and they'll have Lindor for the foreseeable future. Um, but eventually, the Mets have to just go full on Mets, right? And just just hey, let, let everybody down. I guess we'll have to see. But right now. Right now, the Mets, they're the team in New York based off stuff on paper right now, you know? Oh, yeah, I And know. so I'll be curious to see what comes of that. And then, you know, every now and then we'll go down to Miami and grab a couple wins and come back up so just <laughs> yeah. to get ourselves feeling better. Yeah. So, But, I mean, NL East, that's going to be a tough, a very tough division this year. Absolutely. Oh, but, yeah. man, it's so it's so great to have baseball back, even if it's on this weird Bali Sports Network or whatever this is yeah. that bought out Fox Sports. Uh, I'm going to need the MLB and NBA to <laughs> fix that real quick. Like, that whole thing is going to take me a while to get used to because yeah. I'm so used to seeing the Fox everything. Well, they it's need to change, so they need to change to the score bug. I don't like it. Have you seen that score bug? And I have. For Hornets games, too. I have. It takes up the whole bottom of a screen. I mean, like, it takes up the whole bottom of the screen, but what's weird for – like I haven't watched the Hornets game on Bali Sports yet. Like live, it's the exact same as baseball. Oh, 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 it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, but I was about to say because like the scores are in the corner. Yeah, of the so you screen. have you have. The, I mean, the scores aren't even like in the middle. Of yeah, the you have the game that you're watching on the left hand corner, and then rolling scores of other games on the right hand corner, which is so confusing. Yes. So confusing, especially in baseball too. Yeah. So, but yeah, so For they're sure. they're going to have to fix that. It looks like great value version of Fox Sports. <laughs> That's what it looks like right now. And yeah, hopefully, it, weird hopefully, sure. if this fails, which I don't think, I hope I don't pray people lose jobs and stuff. But hopefully, if this doesn't work out, maybe the MLB and NBA can find some like ESPN Plus thing yeah. or something. But they got to fix this. This is no, no bueno. That's for sure. Looks very strange for sure. Uh, just one more really quick thing talking about baseball. You know, like obviously we heard that the MLB All Star Game is not going to be oh, in, yeah. in, in Atlanta this year. I'm not going to get political because one, this is not a political podcast. This is one, like one of like one of our goals on this show. And I think you can definitely agree with this because you know, we haven't said this outright, but I think we can both agree on this is that this is a show where you can come and listen to sports talk, but you don't have to hear the politics about sports, yes. you yeah. know, or the politics about really anything, yeah. you know, and like, you know, no, no, mat- one thing I like no matter your opinion, if you like that stuff, if you'd yeah. rather them stick to sports, which I think that's a really bad thing to say kind of too, because they're human beings and they, I mean, even though I might not agree with their opinions, they're entitled to their opinions as well. Right. Of course. You know, agree to disagree with some things, but this is a show where we come, we, we feed you a little bit of scripture and just listen to the sports of sports, you know, right, nothing else yes. about it. So you may not agree why they moved out of Georgia. You may, 
may agree why they did. That's okay. Either way, you got your points and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah. So now we're going to have home run city in, home run city. in the all-star game. Yes, because for sure. Because they're they going moved, to Colorado. They have moved to the Colorado Rocky stadium at Coors field. And okay. And to be honest, out of all the stadiums they could have picked to host the all-star game, this was well, like, obviously once they decided they were going to move, not a bad second choice. A pretty good second choice yeah. for sure, because I'm looking forward to the home run derby this year, man. Dude, I'm looking forward to seeing how far balls are going to go, dude. Because this is going to be fun. I, I, you know, they always talk about the ball being juiced. You know, and yeah. I, it's definitely different this year. But imagine last year's baseball at that stadium oh, for man. a home run derby. It would never end. It, they'd have oh, yeah. to. You'd have to put it on the time limit. Oh yeah. So, well, but, but we'll see. That's, yeah, that's going to be fun. Ho, ho, give it a couple of years. It'll come back to Atlanta. You know, there were yeah. some political things that happened and why the um, NBA All Star Game wasn't in Charlotte one time. Right. Then that kind of sizzled out. And then it came back, so it's right. not a it's not an over and done deal. It's just you yeah, know, that, and that's really all I'm gonna say about it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 there's other here, there's other podcasts you can go listen to if you want to get political sides of views yes. and stuff like that. So you, yes, I'll just sure. I'll just leave it for them. All right, man, that sounds cool. But um, one more thing about baseball, and then I know we got football, and then the minor league team of the week. Um, MLB the show's coming out in about two weeks. Yes. I think today's the sixth, so exactly fourteen days from today. Um, I'll have a finally have a decent MLB, MLB show game, video yes. game in my hands. Um, okay, whenever you get that, text me, call me, do whatever, because I want to play it with you. G- give me one day to do it by myself, and then on the second day you can come play. All right, how about that? That's cool. All right, and then uh, so so you, you know I've always talked about I'm gonna move a team to Charlotte, yes. in a franchise mode, but automatically I'm thinking Tampa Bay, right? But I've also had some other teams on my mind okay. as well. So I'm gonna ask you point blank okay. about some teams. Should I move the Tampa Bay Rays okay. to Charlotte? Should I move the Baltimore Orioles to Charlotte? Okay. Or should I go out west and bring the Rangers to Charlotte? Okay. As far as realistic, yeah. the Rays make the most sense. Agreed. Yeah. Like if you're trying to keep things realistic, the Rays make the most sense, you know, just because they're a team that doesn't have a lot of money and there's been talks in real life about them possibly just moving anyway. Yeah. You know, like for that reasons. Uh, for Baltimore, that would be really hard for me to say yes to that just because Baltimore is such a historic franchise. True. You know, so, I mean, like obviously it's a video game, so you yeah. can, I mean, obviously it's a But video I'm like, so you, you can, I try to think, keep things as a realistic simulation. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was about to say, like, really with Baltimore, I would say, like, obviously from a realistic standpoint, Maybe not, you know, but I could definitely see how that could be kind of fun, though, because you automatically have to think about, you know, like obviously you're moving, but you got to think about the contracts on that team, too, because Baltimore's got some contracts on that team. That's part of the reason why they're just not really a good team right now is because they got a lot of money tied up into Chris Davis and a couple other players, you know, that players that aren't in their primes anymore. Right. And you kind of have to wait for either them to retire or those contracts to run out. So Baltimore would be a good team to move because. You know, because the team's already in a weird shape anyway, and you can already make it more your own, not just with moving it, but with players you could sign or trade for or whatever as well. I say with Baltimore, it's going to be more of a rebuilding process than just a move team, and you already got some pieces. Because with the Rays, yeah, you can move them, but they already have some pieces that are... You know, they already have really good young pieces that are going to already make them a really good team off the bat. Mm-hmm. With Baltimore, it's going to take a little bit more time. Right. And the same thing kind of goes for the Rangers, That was too. kind of a wild card one, was <laughs> Texas. 
And same thing kind of goes for the Rangers too. It'd just be weird seeing a team from Texas playing a team that's in the East Division. Yeah. Well, old school, the Braves were in the NOS for a long oh, time. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, well, plus two now with the uh, Pelicans in the NBA, they're in the Western Conference, yeah. you know, which is kind of weird to think mm-hmm. about. But the Rangers would definitely be kind of cool to see move to Charlotte, you know, because then Texas would only have one team, yeah. you know, instead of it being two teams in Texas, which would be different from normal sports leagues too, you know, because – Usually Texas has two teams per sports league. Right. You know, you know, just because it's Texas. Random thing about the Rays, you remember before COVID when they said they were gonna play half their games in Tampa, another half in Montreal? Yes, I yeah, did. Yeah, how'd that work out? Uh, <laughs> Not too good. No. I mean, but as far as you know, but like as far as places you could go, Montreal would be another kind of cool. Yeah, place that'd be to, cool to do you know, Montreal. Uh but if you're asking me, if you want to stay as realistic as possible, I go with I Tampa. I go with Tampa. Yeah. But if you want to stay in the same division and you want more of a project, I go with Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. For sure. All right, Cody, we had a monumental, well, monumental to us, yeah. trade in the NFL. Yes, we did. Um, on Monday. So it looks like the Deshaun Watson stuff is not happening yeah. anywhere. Um, as of right now, as, not anywhere, yeah, but at least we know it's not going to be with the Panthers. It's not going to be with the Panthers because the New York Jets trades quarterback Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for three draft picks. So yes, yeah, so the um, so Sam Darnold has been sent to Charlotte to wear the black and blue, yes. and it looks like the Jets are receiving three picks. That being a sixth rounder in twenty twenty one, so this year's draft, yeah, this year's draft, and a second rounder and fourth rounder in twenty twenty two. Okay, so three draft picks. For a potential new starting quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And like uh, pretty much the first question I had after we made this trade was, does this change our draft plans as far as drafting quarterback goes? You know, the first one, well, first question I thought. What? Why didn't we include Teddy Bridgewater in that deal? Well, <laughs> to be honest, I don't blame you. But the reason why I'm thinking maybe not is because the painters may have asked, do you want Teddy? Yeah, but they said no. Uh, I mean, it was the best. The parents may have asked if they want Teddy, but they said no because they just really want Zach Wilson. Well, he's already been there before once too. So right, you know, so that would whole thing be, would be kind of weird. It's like okay, he was on our team, and then he he left for a couple years, and now we're bringing him back. Plus two when you have the number two overall pick, and there's a couple really good quarterbacks in there. I mean, if you ask me, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a question. They're going with Zach. Wilson. Oh, they're getting Zach Wilson. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, like they're going to draft Zach Wilson. I mean, but like part of the reason too is they might have asked Teddy, and he may have just said no because he doesn't want to be a backup to a rookie. Yeah, you know, which makes sense too. But I completely understand that question too of why 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 wasn't Teddy in that trade? Who knows why? But still, obviously now with Sam Darnold in town, who do you think the Panthers are gonna give or trade Teddy to? Yeah. Because I was about to say, you know, the first another question was, well, are we going, do we have a new quarterback controversy? Are they just going to duke it out in preseason and stuff like that? Right. But then on Tuesday came out that the Panthers are seeking to trade are, Teddy Bridgewater, trade which Teddy. I figured was coming. Yeah. And so, you know, I mentioned that, you know, they traded away a six-rounder uh, and then a future second and fourth rounder. Y- yes. So if we could potentially get a second and fourth rounder back for Teddy, man, I'd be oh, yeah. I'd be jumping for joy Absolutely. just because you basically reimbursed yourself and got a new quarterback in return. Yes. You know, so even if you just get two draft picks for Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, now you can call people like Denver. Denver. Needs, oh yeah. Denver might need somebody like that. Um, I'm not sure some other teams right off the top of my head, but 
you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I could see, I could see them, him going to Denver. I could see him if, you know, the, the Deshaun Watson thing goes too crazy. I could see him going to Houston, you yeah, know, I mean, and hey. we getting some draft capital, draft capital back in that too, because who knows what's going to happen. But um, I can, I can go ahead and tell you that Teddy Bridgewater more than likely won't be the starter week one. I think it'll be Sam Darnold. That's what I was thinking too, is that this is a trade for probably our, you know, at least for this coming season. We just traded for the Panthers' new starting quarterback. Yeah, and I, I think Will Greer has a better chance of starting a game this year than Teddy Bridgewater does. Yeah, uh, serious. I mean, it sounds yes. it sounds hilarious, but I think that's yeah. an honest opinion to have. You know? Yeah. To be honest, I mean, yeah, I mean, like that makes sense too. Things are already kind of weird with Teddy because of the whole not including him and everything. And this trade was probably talked about. Oh yeah. What I'm thinking is this trade was in the works, and then the whole Watson thing came up, and they tried to do that, and then obviously no. But that doesn't seem like that's going to be working out now. So they kind of went back to the original plan sure. of yeah. trading for Sam Darnold. Like, I could see that. Like, that's kind of the way I imagine this went. I mean, like, obviously I could be completely wrong, but that's how I imagine this kind of went. Mm-hmm. But kind of the question I kind of have out of this is, like, does this change our plans for the draft? Because now the Panthers don't necessarily need to draft a quarterback. Uh, yeah, I I don't think it – I think it does. Um, oh, at yeah. least at least for the eight, the number eight pick. Uh-huh. Um, you go ahead. What? So I mean, well, it's like as far as the first round pick is basically what I was talking. Oh about. yeah, we're not drafting quarterback first round. Yes. I, I would be, I'd be entirely surprised if we draft quarterback at all now. Not saying that Sam Darnold is the answer uh-huh. by any means, because if I'm not mistaken, he's on an expiring deal this year. Yes. Um. So it's a prove it deal. Either you're our guy, it's we'll, a prove it deal, yeah. or you're not. Okay, and we'll do this again next year. Yeah. Um. And so I think I don't think we draft. A quarterback. I really don't think because right. just for hypothetical, say we get Trey Lance, and then all of a sudden Darnold's just just hypothetical. So with his new team, new weapons, he's doing amazing, and we extend him, and we have a, a pretty decent rookie quarterback right. sitting on the bench and just sitting there. Like uh, you know, I, I was about to say like if that happens, we basically have a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers situation. Yeah, and that and I, that I, I don't. Want. I don't like that honestly. I I think. You know what would make me so happy? And I was talking to uh, Boone about this earlier, too. Um, if Kyle Pitts falls to number eight. Oh, man. Yes, dude, take him. You got to. You got to take you him. You know? And some people are going to be – people are already mad because we didn't – we traded for Sam Darnold and didn't try to get Lance or Fields or somebody like uh-huh. that. But um, – you know, I, I'm I'm pretty okay with this trade. I mean, I don't yeah, feel the here, only thing the you. only thing I'm not a fan of is giving up that second rounder because yeah. I think that's pretty valuable. Um, but I'm, I, 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 I mean, was I was not upset with it when I got notification. But as far as like an overall package, I didn't think that was a lot to give up. For no, Arnold. I don't think so either. Like a sixth rounder for this year, you know, which that that. I mean, like later round picks, you know, most of the time, you know, they they're practice squad, you, yeah, know, they're practice squad players, yeah, you know, like. Like you say, really, the only big part of this deal was a second-round pick. But the good news is that those two picks, higher-round picks, aren't even for this year. Exactly. You, you know, you know, they're for next year's draft. So as far as the overall package goes, I don't think it was a bad trade. And at all. it made me feel even better based off going to New York Jets' Twitter page and reading their mentions of how mad Jets fans were that they got rid of him. So that made me feel even better. Yeah. Because they they just knew that they would you know finally get him out of a bad system and all that stuff. But, you know, and then to see a video today of Darnold basically having a Panther party at his house with <laughs> yeah, the black and blue balloons, and he came in, like, yeah. you know, ramping up the little crowd that was there. Yeah, woohoo. He, it, I didn't, I couldn't tell if he was super happy to be a Panther or super happy to be out of New York. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, probably, probably more a little so bit of both. On, probably going more so on, on the, out of New York side. 
Um, but hopefully he's not seeing any ghosts down here. You know, he got picked on a lot last year because he said on on the, when he was mic'd up, I'm seeing ghosts out there, man. Yeah. So hopefully you don't see any ghosts to, down here. Although, you know, there's some good old Carolina ghost stories here and there. So oh, yeah. might have to take him on a ghost tour or something like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. And I Absolutely, think, man. And, you know, I am too. And people are probably going to be a little sour if Lancer Fields is still there at eight and we don't get him. But I don't think we need to right now. Right. I think if Pitts is there, take him. Absolutely take Pitts. Every single time, take him. That's a matchup nightmare at tight end. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's not very often you see a tight end run a four four forty. Exactly. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, like, just that combination of strength and speed, you don't see that very often. And, and I would be okay if we went OL number eight, too. Oh, yeah, same. If that's not a, as flashy of a pick. But, I mean, if I'm if I'm the GM, which I'm in no position to be a general manager <laughs> of an NFL franchise, if I'm the GM and if it's between Pitts and OL, I'm taking Pitts every day. Oh, yeah. So Same here. I can, I can spend some money and buy some, some offensive linemen, you know, and, and free yeah. agency. Uh, that's a generational talent in Kyle Pitts, for sure. Absolutely, dude. So cool. So so that's our show, y'all. Um, Cody, you got anything else you want to add on any of the sports or anything like that? Um, uh, Just to basically say that whenever it comes closer to the NFL draft, obviously once that happens, we'll give a recap of how that draft went. You know, like obviously it's not till the end of this month, so we got a few right. episodes where we're going to talk about it. I mean, like obviously when it comes close to draft time, Maybe we can give our first-round predictions of how we think the first round's going to go. And then once the draft's over, we can kind of recap the Panthers' draft or just maybe a couple other teams' drafts and Joe and kind of see what we thought about Yeah, it. that'll be good. Um, so as we close out the show, I have this week's minor league baseball team of the week, and it is conveniently my favorite minor league baseball team. Oh yeah, it is the Charleston River Dogs. The River Dogs. Um, if you if you know me or see me around or seen pictures, I usually have a River Dogs hat on. If it's not my Ford work hat that I got on, yes. Um, but the Charleston River Dogs, located in Charleston, South Carolina, really? one of my favorite places to go to. Um, we're going. Me and Amber's going there again this uh, Memorial Weekend for our anniversary. Can't wait to go down there for that. Nice. But the Charleston River Dogs are a minor league baseball team of the Low A East. So you know this all this uh-huh. you know realignment and stuff like that. So I think Low A East that sounds cool by the way. Yes. Um, but they're located in Charleston, South Carolina. They are the Low A affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay they Bay. used to be with the Yankees. Yes. Um, because I've seen pictures of like Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, and, a, and, a river, and, and I saw where Aaron Judge and like, Jeter did a, re, a rehab Junior. thing down there um so that was cool to see but now they're with the Rays, which i think is really cool yes you know because um I, i've you know I, I love the braves but i've been to like during bulls games and all that so i've kind of familiar with the Rays organization too right um the river dogs home stadium is joseph p riley jr park um they used to be in the south atlantic league before the realignment okay um and their colors are navy gold silver and white and a river dog, even though their logo's a dog, a river dog's like a otter kind of thing down in the marsh down there in Charleston. Yes. And what's really cool about their logo is if you've ever been to Charleston, South Carolina, there a lot of those old houses have very distinctively designed gates in front of them. Yes. Like that are very, you know, unique to each house. And in the logo, uh, their logo, it has gates in it, which is really cool. Okay, like iron yeah. gates. So it's really cool. That's pretty and cool. Um, one of the nicknames of Charleston is the Holy City because their skyline 
is lined with steeples. They have so many churches in Charleston. Oh, yeah. Which is why they call it the Holy City. And they have alternate uniforms that say Holy City on the front. That's the hat I wear. It has HC with okay. a little halo. And that says Holy City. So, yeah. So, that's my favorite minor league baseball team. It used to be the Pelicans just because I grew up watching them and stuff like that. But, yeah, definitely um, the River Dogs are my favorite team. And hopefully, fingers crossed, they have a home game when we're down there for our anniversary. Maybe I can yeah. talk Amber into at least going five or six innings maybe. So Yeah, hey, for so, sure. Yeah. But, That'd be cool, man. But that's our show. Y'all have a great week. Um, go tell somebody you love them. Go tell somebody that Jesus loves them too. And we will see y'all next time. Bye.